everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have me, Jerry, Diane, and Clarissa, and we're here with another episode. How are you, lovely ladies, doing? All good, thank you. Just getting on with it. What about you, Diane? I am good, you know, just rounding up the end, rounding up the week, basically. Mm, and um, good. preparing for another one. Good, good. No, I'm right. Like, life has just been life in. Literally, like, it's been it's been nice to hear that like COVID that word COVID restrictions it's, have been lifted. Thankfully, yeah. However, we have something else that's currently upon us, as you all bum, bum, bum. know. This Sorry. current impending World War Three that Russia is has begun. We're trying to invade Ukraine. It's I can't lie. I literally turn on the news, and that's all I hear. Even all over social media, it's getting to a point. Again, I'm literally going to take like a social media detox. You know, like how it was when COVID first so came, mm. all in waves, and it's just like I can't, I, I just can't. And do you know what it is? I feel like because like us young people, and I say young because we're still young, our our news is on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's not just on the yeah. mainstream TV, so you can't really escape it. Yeah. Um, even if you don't watch the news, it's there on this your platforms. It. Like. And because of, like, the use of social media, people in their hometowns are videoing it for us to see. Like, you actually can't run from it. Everywhere you turn, it's like, here, 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 here. It's just, it's a lot. It's quite scary and daunting. I can't lie. It is. And I guess we're definitely seeing the worst of it as well. And like you said, it's something that we just can't escape. Hmm. So it's just constant. It's just a constant stimulation of fear, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But apart from that, everything else is all good. I can't really complain. If that's literally been like the bulk of my week, I'm literally sitting there like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to stock up on tin foods, make sure I've got <laughs> nappies, baby stuff. Only God knows what's gonna happen. And literally, you know what? The the weirdest thing is, I've been telling Thea for years we need to invest in a bunker. I'm telling you, you know, with your loft <laughs> extensions, all of that jazz. I, I've been telling Thea, listen, if we have a bunker, a ready-made bunker, I'm telling you, that will be worth. M- money and now with this situation boy i'm gonna reinforce that it's just it's just a lot in it i can't can't (laughs) lie for me any situation amazon prime done (laughs) 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 oh but it's just so mad to like literally watch this all unfold everywhere you turn like yeah on on the tv and and who do you believe though because you don't actually know I don't. I I can honestly say I need to sit down and understand why this has happened. You know what is trying, what is trying to be achieved here. Who's even in the right? Who's in the wrong? We don't know. Yeah. Um, like I said yeah. to you guys, well, like while we were chatting, like previously, it. I don't like. Yes, Carissa said like has told us what is about, but it still doesn't make sense. Like it just feels like he's got up and been like, today's the day. I'm going to take that land. Like, what? <laughs> I really, to be fair, I agree with you. I really feel like he acted that way. The impression I get of Putin, I feel like he's really irrational. Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Either, either he's been planning this for time or he's literally, like, woke up on the wrong side of the bed and was like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. But then think, I mean, it, it's been imminent for weeks. He's just been you know, talked about for ages. Um, it just, he decided to be on smoke and decide that now I'm doing it. Mm. 
I wonder what triggered the now, you know. I do think he's been planning it for a while. Apparently, people have been saying he's been planning it since he he took over, what, Crimea, which is, like, south of Ukraine. It was, like... It was part of Ukraine, and now Russia took it back. And he took that in 2014, so apparently he's been planning it from then. This literally just sounds like Hitler going into, like, Poland and, like, just everywhere, like he did, just spreading out. Mm. But but I'll be so honest with you. I mean, obviously, we're not a politics podcast. No. But to me, if countries did enough to stop people being lifetime presidents we wouldn't have this kind of stuff happening exactly like how can you be a lifetime president you're literally ruining people's lives how long has he been in power for oh my God. a long time how though we've, like we've heard, his, we've heard his name a long time right no i completely agree with you lifetime Lifetime power is not the one. I mean, that's not fair. That's not really diplomatic anyway. I mean, yeah, he's a dictator. Let's call him what he is. Mm. And it's like, how can a dictator ever be rational or reasonable? And he's demonstrating it now. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have been saying pray for Ukraine and stuff, but I don't know. We've all seen this and anyone listening. It's recently come to light. We've had an issue of race when it comes to refugees leaving Ukraine. So, you know, we've seen pictures and photos and videos now of people of colour being denied access to, to, to evacuate and go and being put to the back of the line, some being threatened to be shot at, and this oh weird gosh. notion of people being blue-eyed with blonde hair and how sad it is for them. Um, and, honestly, it literally just yeah. sounds like Nazi Germany taking over and we're going back to that history GCSE it literally looks, it just feels like we're re, we're about to relive it. Relive it, yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, so talking about, I guess, what's going on for people of colour in Ukraine and them not being given the same rights as those in the other Ukrainians, supposedly, who aren't Black, it kind of nicely ties into our topic, which is about race, I mm-hmm. guess, and race within the NHS. Yeah. So the study that we focused on this week, uh, which is a new study released by the Nursing Times on the 15th of February, um, the title reads, Review Finds NHS Nurses Enduring Covert and Overt Racial Discrimination. So for those who don't know what covert means, covert is basically racial discrimination that's more or less undercover and is not blatant and is done through different avenues. However, over to something that's blatant and more or less quite evident and obvious there and then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is... So it basically... The, the study just outlines that racism still is very evident and there within the NHS. Um, but to be honest, a part of me feels like it will never change. Like, mm. this is not me sounding like, you know, I'm just I'm all for it. This is just the way it's going to be. Mm. But just people won't change. Like, yes, progressively, we are changing little by little. Mm. But the change that we want to see now, we're not going to change. It's going to be like the next generations of nurses right. or healthcare after us. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you can, we can set the ball in motion. Because, for example, if you look at, um, say, the elder 
older generation who you know are currently using the NHS maybe using the NHS more than people in our generation mm. if we look at the time that they were brought up racism that was their way of life yeah to some of them obviously you know as as they're getting older and this is going to sound so mean being wiped out things do change but how far we're gonna are we gonna get and also there's always gonna be that injustice depending on like where where it is you work and wherever like yes London is a very metropolitan city however Mm. when you look at some of the specialist units they really are um they don't represent yeah they they don't represent the local the local boroughs that they're serving which I think for me makes a big difference because you want you as like the consumer want to see people like yourself treating you so that you feel comfortable not necessarily saying that you know for example and if it's an all-black area it should be all black nurses no not at all but you want to feel comfortable that you know you're being treated correctly it's kind of like how things for example say with like sickle cell patients people just assume that you know they're all just like oxy users and want to want certain medication when people aren't really realizing that no, they actually go through these, they actually go through crises that they warrant these medications. It's not just because they want them for the fun of it or they're faking it. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And I think all but those then, things do come into but, play. But do you know what, um, Jerry? It's funny you say that because if we had more representation in our workforces, we would have people that may would have more of, a, more of an understanding of conditions that impact a specific um, demographic. So for yeah. example, we know that sickle cell beta thalassemia those conditions are more focused on people of colour. But because people yeah. don't understand or they don't, there's not enough representation, as you said, we've had cases of people who have been ignored or not believed or accused of being users of like strong painkillers and stuff because nobody believes their pain. And I also sometimes think that we might have an issue where some sickle cell um, patients or their families may also have a reluctance towards healthcare because people don't look like them people aren't understanding of their needs because we're not saying staff hospitals with black asian chinese people whatever like people of different races we're not saying just eradicate white people from everything no we're not saying that what we're saying is diversity is needed you need to be representative of the population that you see but also in that setting people of color need to feel comfortable and feel that people want them to be there within their staff exactly and like i'm just like I'm not just picking sickle cell as a complete thing. I'm just picking it as an example. Yeah. That, you know, in set, like you said, in certain societies, it is more prevalent. But it's just shocking to me that because of people's racial injustices, and people won't come out and say that they feel a type of way about this, they're willing to show that in their work. Like, we were always taught to, to, be, to abide by the six C's and all that jazz. But also looking at yourself and how you've been brought up and how you live your life if you've got that in, if you've got that feeling um, towards prejudice. a certain type yeah if you've got that prejudice so up to someone no matter how much you do say whatever you're going to show it whether yeah. you mean to or not and it's a big shame because it's an unconscious bias that I don't mm, think people... exactly and mm. it's like do you remember when we had Maxine on this on the show like when we first started and she was saying that like there's not many people who are like, for example, band eights or adons, who are people of colour. And they're not. They're not. Every time you see people present a chief executive, you can count how many people are black or Chinese 
or Spanish or like you can see that it's obvious yeah. they're core white British people even the board of directors yeah you know a and lot of them in relation to the study it says here in terms of career progression a survey of nurses and midwives in England found that ethnic minority staff had spent longer working at band five over the previous 10 years and less time working at more senior grades band sixes and sevens I agree with that but I feel like this is also again a generational thing so I feel like our generation of nurses we're more like okay I'm going up the ladder I'm not waiting for no one you can't tell me nothing if if I've ticked all the boxes you have to give me my job whereas I feel like the older nurses in the units departments whatever a lot of them have trained to be nurses elsewhere and have come here. They don't want they don't want no trouble. They want to come and do their jobs and go home. They may mm. try and, you know, go up the rankings, but when they're shut down, they're like, okay, you know what? It's fine. I'm going to stay in my place. So I feel like this is why people don't essentially progress. Like some will, some are like, you know what? I, I don't care what you say. I'm going to outshine you and show you that I can do the job better than you. Hats off to them. And I feel like it's kind of 50-50. You have some that are like, you know what? I don't want the stress it's fine I'll stay in my place I literally come to yeah. come to work to do my job get paid I can go and do agency or whatever but but it then it just comes down to the opportunities that you're given because like we let's be honest we've seen it ourselves in certain workplaces workplaces that we are like, we have worked in ourselves people from other ethnic minorities are given different opportunities to each other and yeah. also it comes down to whether your face fits if it doesn't yeah. fit, you're not getting the job. Like, I'll never forget wow. this. I remember when there was one job that I did and they had to do some promo to, like, you know, boost morale and get staff and all this stuff for the unit. And there wasn't, like, for example, there wasn't many people of colour on that unit. However, all the pictures, coincidentally, all of us people of colour were all in on the same day. And who were used for these photos? Us. It makes me think back to it and I was thinking like, why did I do it? But this was a good few years ago. And hindsight's a beautiful thing, but it's all these things that you don't realise. Like they're trying to paint a picture and say, you know, that, you know, we are open. We we do accept people from other backgrounds and, you know, everyone has the same opportunity. Let's not like we don't have the same opportunity. No. And I think... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that, so the, the hospital Jerry's talking about, I have worked in the same hospital, different area, but same hospital. And the opposite to your area is in my area I was in. I think they could see they're unrepresented, but they weren't trying to do anything about it. Yeah, some and, don't want to rock the boats. And it was almost like, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of you, but oh well. Like, it is what it is kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. And I think they don't see an issue. And even now, I don't think they see an issue. Um. And a lot of the people of colour who have worked there have gone. Some have people been very, yeah. Some have been very frustrated um, by the lack of like being pushed, or even like you know how you were saying that there's some people who will be like, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to go for it. But there's some people who lose confidence because they're made to feel like they can't do it, or they're oppressed mm-hmm. when they try to progress, or they try to speak up and it's it's not taken on board and things like that. And it then makes them a nervous nurse or a nurse that second guesses themselves or a nurse that think they're good enough. And that yeah. is, I think, is even another bigger issue because then you start downplaying your skill and your ability and it then impacts the rest of your career, not just being in that moment. Mm-hmm. 
saying that the study also mentions this it definitely it def definitely says here differences in terms of work allocation were also highlighted with overseas nurses reported being overlooked for higher status tasks it's true though because if it like again in other departments that i've worked in you've got like i'll put my hands on the table those overseas nurses they work they work twice as hard like they they're, they're qualified and can do more than we can do like when we we're glorified hcas let's not lie yeah they come they can do they can take bloods ivs do everything as a band five but they're never looked as you know the ones to be given the chance to go up the rankings no, the that, they'll be like oh there's a language barrier or there's something but like i'll never forget like one of my colleagues in another place that i worked for him to apply for band six they made him like physically go and do like english lessons he was speaking perfectly good english wow and he Did still, they really and they still didn't give him the six like but you see, to me, like that, that to me, I'm like even shocked. So he's been working on the unit, or whether he's been working all this time and his English has been fine, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that wasn't a requirement for him when he was given the job in the first place. Now that no. he wants the, now he wants the six, you want him to go and get English lessons. Like that to me is discrimination 101. Like, how dare you? Exactly. And I think the people like this happens and people don't speak up because people don't know what services or what can be used but in guys this is why you pay your nursing um your professional your union. Your, yeah, yeah. is it your the union. rcn like, pardon is it the rcn That's yeah the so there's many there's rcn yeah. unison there's so many but like this is why you pay for your union like use them they're here to fight your corner obviously sometimes they may not they may do it but like honestly go for it because what's the point you're paying like for example 16 16 pounds a month or whatever for someone to take your money just for you to say you've got a union and you're never going to use it when Even these the things happen this is why they're there like, they have such great resources when things like this happen but I think people get into the mindset like oh like I could never do it um I'm, I'm like oh, okay they're trying this so I'm just gonna put my tail between my legs and continue doing what I'm doing no reach for do the you stars do you think it's because, like you said, they don't know how to approach the situation? Do you think it's Probably. not? It's like access to, to like access to get to gain the help. How do they know where to start? Who do they go to? How do they even comment on it? Like, what are the, are there going to be consequences in their workplace if they do mention it? Well, it's that's a, that's another risk that you know you've got to be willing to take. However, if you're paying for a service, why not use it? And I think it is that yeah. people just don't know because even like for me, for maternity, people like the things I went through, like getting making sure that my maternity stuff was all sorted. I went to the RCN about it, but like other people I spoke to were like, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that." These these are th like there's so much that goes into it. But then my argument is, do yeah. these do these unions come out and tell their members what how they can use them? and how they can help them do they do enough on the ground to inform their members what they have actually have access to what they're actually paying for because i feel like question i, I think feel it's like just because i look into like the things i'm paying for because i want to know where my, where okay. my money's going however i i think this also depends on whether you actually truly have friends or colleagues that work in the same profession or work in a professional society as such because even for like teacher unions or like social workers or like the different fields, they all have their different unions and they pretty much all do the same thing. Yeah. So by talking to people, if you have such professionals around you, 
you begin to pick their brains and understand like, you know, maybe I could do X, Y, and Z. But if you don't have these people around you or you don't know or don't ask these questions, you'll never know. Mm. This is true. But, but I also feel like we only know that unions are there if you get in trouble and you need to be backed up by them. That's what I know unions about. If people knew that they could go to them for these issues or maybe people read more into it rather than just signing up because a lot of people just sign up because you're told that we should have a union. Yeah, I think it might be it might be a case of both, to be honest, because we should really know what we're signing up to and actually look in depth. If we know we're going to get in trouble, like God forbid, but if we are going to get in trouble, we should really look into the resources that they provide. And by and by us doing that, I guess we're learning more. But I do think they need to maybe explain different scenarios and circumstances where they will be needed, because I don't think they maybe create a um a large visual of what they do as well so I think it's a bit of both to be fair no I agree but I think it's you know like Diane said I think they really should be doing more groundwork oh yeah to truly understand what they're paying for and the services that can be used because if you don't know you won't know oh yeah 100 unless like you know you've got a friend on the inside that could be like you should be going to a union about this but I think for like for me personally I've always been that person that's always like other people will tell me their issues and I'll be like you need to go to the union like they will actually back you you're telling me this there's only so much I can do but the union has much more leverage to sort this out there's like I can't do anything but then I mean without you even saying I didn't know you can go to the RCN about pregnancy about oh yes see I have no issues talking about this like I remember telling Diane just before I had Noah, um, all my paperwork and everything was sorted. I sorted how they were going to pay me and things like this. And then they literally, like a week or so, called me and were like, oh, yeah, your dates are incorrect. You are not going to pay you. And I was like, what? You're telling me this at like 39 weeks pregnant. I'm about to go on that leave. Um, so I literally called the union and went through maternity. I mean, went through their maternity helpline and things like this. And they literally sent emails, letters, whatever. And it came back that like, it was sorted out and I was actually correct. They were incorrect. But it's like, if people didn't know these things, they'd, they'd just sit there and be like, okay, cool, I'm not going to be paid for half a year. Mm. When really and truly, you're entitled to that. But then again, yeah. like you said, if you don't know, how are you supposed to... And if you're not having these discussions, how are you going to know as well? And it's not... And like you guys, you guys are completely right. They don't... I mean, they do say we're here for you if you need any advice and stuff, but I think they need to portray a larger picture of what services they provide. Mm-hmm. Not only if you get in trouble, help with maternity, what if you may be Literally, facing racial discrimination. Everything. Like, provide different scenarios so we can get a further understanding of what they do. I think, yeah, for real, I think that's key. Like, there's so much that they do, like, having a union, it really does back you. And in terms, like, we're talking about discrimination, there is so much they could do for you. Like, if you're afraid, like, say that you're being bullied at work or something, you're afraid to, like, go to your seniors Mm. because they may be the ones that are the aggressors or whatever. You go to your union, your union can take it up for you. Obviously, Mm. you have to, you yourself will have to deal with the fact that you're still going to have to to work there as this has been investigated. But they will back you you're not actually on your own like like I said you're paying for this service that you're not yeah. if you're not going to use it it's pointless but going back to discrimination like this is why I feel like people just 
things at face value and don't look into it any further because they've been told no once they're like okay cool that's like that's fine Mm. but really and truly if we're trying to break the mold and have a progressive lifestyle within healthcare someone's gonna have to be the beacon of light someone's going to have to be the the guinea pig and trial it out you may not want to but you don't know the the benefits that may come with it if like if you don't do it also, I guess following from these studies as well, I think, you know how you have the nursing links, a diabetic mm-hmm. nurse link. I, I, you know what, I said this in the previous episode, but there needs to be a nursing link for discrimination as well, who can put you in access to the unions and RCNs. And I think that would, I mean, God forbid that person is the aggressor, because imagine you would you wouldn't be able to go to the link. But exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, if they're not the aggressor, at least you know there's someone on the ward that you can actually just talk about these concerns that you have or these observations that you've made that's made you feel yeah. singled out, you know. And I think I, I do feel like um don't get me wrong, I do I understand the necessary links for safeguarding lead the diabetes the infection nurse link but there are other key elements to create a safe working environment for people and they need to make links for that especially in this topic like discrimination like discriminatory nurse link i think that's quite really important i just think people need to be people shouldn't take things for face value the same mm. way that when you're treating clients, patients, service users, whatever you want to call your client, your patients, clients, whatever. The same way that if you're thinking, oh, like, this doesn't sit right, this doesn't sound right, you dig a bit deeper. Just because you've been told no, look at other, other ways to get to where you want to be or get the answer that you want, because there will be a way. And it's if it's not done the correct way, you definitely have something you can discuss and, and take it further. For because, real. like, you shouldn't be made to feel like <laughs> you can't you can't go up the ranks at the end of the day everyone has done the nursing course the same course regardless of when we've all done the course just because I'm black shouldn't stop me from going for a job and I shouldn't be made to feel regardless of whether the team is like heavily populated with white people or heavily populated with other people from ethnic backgrounds I shouldn't be made to feel a certain type of way but then you know what this also includes like you know when you're on shop floor and you know Say you're working with a specific other ethnic group and they're all talking their language, like stuff like that makes you like, you feel like you can't be part of it. And that like, like imagine being on, like, it's horrible. It makes you feel singled out. Twiddling your thumbs, doing what you need to do for your patients and twiddling your thumbs because no one wants to talk to you because no one's talking English. And I get that. You also, and also any time that happens to me, I always think like, what do the patients feel? Like they can yeah. see this. And it just takes you back to like, for example, like being in the nail shop and you can and like you can hear that people are talking about you, but you don't know what's being said. Mm. It, it doesn't make you like you don't it doesn't sit right. It doesn't make you feel like welcome. It doesn't or, make you feel uncomfortable. It exactly. doesn't make you feel comfortable. And you don't know what's been said about you or anything like that. Like it's horrible. And, and also as well, that's a culture that's been not nipped in the bud. Because mm-hmm, if people yeah. can feel so comfortable to do it, they know that no one's going to come and tell them, no, you don't do that You're in the workplace. Yeah. And that's a boundary you don't cross when you're at work. If you're in the bathroom together on a break, fine. That's exactly, that's different. But if Anything we're in else? the, yeah, if we're in the, the ward or the community or wherever, 
it just isn't appropriate at all. Mm, I hear you. Yeah. No, I completely get that. Hundred percent. I think from even just saying this, like we can see that a few things have not been implemented in our workforce and in on the actual shop floor. And it's just about the the question is where, how, where, and how do we start? These are things that can be easily implemented, though. It's not as if they're a hard task. These are things that can be easily implemented. So who do we go to? Like, I'm even I'm thinking, like, who, 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 who do we go to? Who do we try and talk to to try and make our environment a bit more accommodating? But I or think just this also comes down, down. Sorry, Diane. I think this also comes down to looking at the generational way that your team works because if you're looking at your seniors and your seniors have this is how it's been for the last 20 years are you ready to be that person that wants to pave the way because you're going to get a lot of uproar back yeah and I think in order for things to actually change there has to be real change Mm -hmm. not sitting in a meeting and acknowledging that things are not right writing mission statements and making promises but then nurses in the next five years time saying they're still encountering the same problems they're still seeing the same issues um your your workforce not being representative of the population that you serve those are all issues and if you want to be recognized as a workforce that is up to date with with what they're doing and you're, you're practicing what you preach those needs to be a priority you can't have staff being at work feeling like they can't progress they can't speak up they can't do certain things because they're going to be made to look like they're complaining or they're moaning. Because don't forget, when a person of colour speaks up, they're not assertive, they're aggressive. Yeah. Mm. Like, literally, you know. Those are the words that will most likely come out of someone else's mouth while a person's acting, to, acting aggressive towards me, whereas that's not yeah. the case. The same way if you're told to take patience and you might say no, you're being difficult. You know, mm. you're refusing, for example. So even, like, the language that is used, is different why is it different why can person, yeah because the, why why yeah. is it that if I say no and someone else says no it's different the language is already stigmatized anyway yeah yeah um and you shouldn't be made to feel uncomfortable at work like you spend more time at work than you do at home mm. you should be like you should feel comfortable regardless of whatever like whoever is in the team but again if people don't accept or tolerate certain things you will feel it and it makes it, it yeah. just makes it awkward to go to work you know what saying all of this I was I was prepping for um an upcoming interview and the first thing in the NMC code is prioritizing people and in that it specifically says challenge any discriminatory behavior and have a zero tolerance to it but the one thing I am seeing is I don't feel like there is enough daily reminders of a zero tolerance policy towards discriminatory discriminatory behavior. You know, every day we have reminders, safeguarding, safeguarding, safeguarding. Every day there's a reminder. Every day there's a reminder to do the VIP score. Every day there's a reminder to do um what your blood pressures. Why there needs to be a reminder and it needs to be drilled in on a daily basis, a zero tolerance policy towards discriminatory behavior of any kind. And I feel like without that reminder, I think people will just people won't think about their actions. 
You know, yeah. I think re- people need to really think twice about their actions, the same way they think twice about any nursing care that they do. You know, and I think that's zero. We, I think, I think everywhere in the NHS needs to really prioritize people, their dignity at work, and prioritize the zero tolerance policy because I don't see that being exercised enough, to be honest. But and this is where I keep saying, like, if you look at who are the big bosses within the NHS, they don't reflect those on the front line. Yeah. No. And we need to bridge that gap because I feel like for people of people of colour, you get to a certain like ceiling that they don't go past. You may yeah. get one or two, but there's literally shutdown after shutdown after shutdown after shutdown that people are like, I'm not like, this is too much. I'm not here for it. Yeah. And to me, it starts at the top. That's why you're a leader because when you're a leader, people follow you. Yeah. So if the people at the top don't understand what's happened further down the line, how the hell are those principles or those lessons going to be learned and then implemented into the rest of the workforce if you at the top have no idea, no one, no one, or no understanding of how it's going to affect your workplace? You know, having bodies on the ground is fine. Having wards fully staffed is fine. But if you're not having people that look like other people in that hospital there, that's affecting patient experience. You know, exactly. That, and that's something as a chief exec we care about. That's also going to affect the quality given to the patients, though, as well. Because, well, if the if the environment is not accommodating and it's just toxic and is making the staff feel uncomfortable, that's going to rub off in their care. They're not going to want to be there. They're not going to want to do. Oh, not that they don't want to do as well, but they're not going to be as focused and they're going to be feel demotivated. It's 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 a domino effect. Yeah, patients can see this. Yeah. If, for example, it's like when you go to when you go and do a food shop, and you can see that the cashier does not want to be here. You can see yeah. that. Yeah. And let's be honest, working within the NHS is kind of like working in retail. When you're not yeah. happy, it shows. You can try and hide it yeah. as much as you want; it will come out eventually. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And and you know, families. So us that are pediatric, we work not just with the children, but their families. And families will make comments. Families will ask why there's not so many of you that work here mm. exactly um, and i've had parents done. ask i've had parents ask me that like there's only a couple of you here and really yeah yeah because mm-hmm. they know they can see it they see you and a couple of people and that's about it and also they've and, had like issues with other members of staff because you know they're just not understood yeah and some people not that they don't understand they don't even try to understand no they or just they, see or they, just they, see they, they label people a type of way exactly um, so i'll give you an example of a mum who i took over from the night shift and she came and she was really upset and while i was asking her like what's wrong kind of thing and like what's happened she's like oh my baby's skin's so dry <laughs> and the nurse won't let me cream the baby and the nurse was saying oh mum really wants to cream the baby like she really wants to cream the baby and I'm like, yeah, because in our culture, in our in our skin, our skin is dry. Our skin dries out quickly. So but if what? she sees his skin peeling and stuff, she thinks that she wants to cream him. That's exactly. Exactly how she licks it. My right? question, what's wrong with creaming your baby? Why was why was she so against it? I don't So I mean, he could have been creamed, yes. But I think at the time he was pre's premier, he's like, was he 24, 26, Rupa? Um and I think he was quite fragile. 
it just wasn't the appropriate time to do it I think must have been something like that but it, this obviously upset mum so much because mum was like I don't understand why then I can't do it why. and I was like you can like let's and I had to you know explain like we can do it and explain how to do it and obviously not to, I didn't want to undermine my colleague either but I also had to I could understand mum because we both look the same so I could get where she was mm-hmm. coming from um but of course my other counterpart did not and was a bit like mum's fixated on wanting to groom the baby when she has, just has to wait it's like uh, it's like you you understood you understood her need as well like you well yeah you understood her need and why she wanted to do it yeah then, because like your colleague literally could have just said to her mum we just don't think it's an appropriate time because the baby is so fragile do you get what I mean like it didn't need to be like oh mum's just fixated on creaming the skin like, yeah for real yeah, there's ways to go around it yeah, yeah. And, and also you know for example that is something that a parent could highlight as poor care my child's skin was really dry exactly and yeah, if you haven't explained it to the parent they're just going to think you're just not treating their child with the same care that you would another yeah. child yeah but it could be a reason like for example he's got a long lining and where the dressing is if we put oil near there it will peel exactly so we can't cream that we can cream the leg a bit or what you know we can't cream all of it because of this for example or he's in humidity so let's not click cream him or you know this is what i mean a rationale for it it's literally just having that conversation but your colleague didn't do that and made mum feel like mum's now becoming frantic about it yeah and it just seems like your colleague just didn't care or didn't understand but it's like she could have taken the time out. Like, yeah, and just had that conversation with mum. And I feel like sometimes people just get very fixated. And I'm not saying that this mum's fixated on creaming her baby's skin. But like, like you said, the moment they see a person of colour, they're like, oh, they're an issue. That's, that's yeah. it. They're going to be a or, problem. Or, or not even that. There's almost a fear of how to handle them. Like, what do I say to mum? Like, what do I say exactly just like, have a normal conversation how how do I how do I do with this like how and some people are fine but some people I think because they're not educated in certain things they don't know how to go about things mm-hmm. um you know they don't understand for example why a mum might say I can't visit on Sundays because I'm going to church or exactly. they might not understand why you haven't named the baby after your naming um or understanding why your mum might be there in place of you sometimes but not your partner for example so it's just like uh, to me it's cultural awareness which we lack in the nhs yeah Um, we don't know enough about other people's cultures you know about ours and we expect people to conform to ours only and if they don't something's wrong like why are they not like me and you then something must be wrong with them it's just a big shame like but I think, like you said, cultural awareness is like a big thing because it just makes you think like, oh, sorry. <coughs> right. It just makes you think like people just don't care. Like on admission, if I remember correctly, they ask you all these things like. They do. What's your religion? What do you like? Like, God forbid something happens. Do you want a, do you want a chaplain called? If so, what type of chaplain? All this stuff. But it's like. If I say it to you, you're just like, oh, it's just a piece of path, a piece of faff. Like, it's not the same. You're not really taking it in. Also, like, I'm actually now thinking all that, you know, when you go to a new hospital and you have your induction trainings and stuff. Yes, they do touch upon um, racism and discriminatory behavior and cultural awareness and what it is. But 
I don't feel they go into detail. They um, don't. It's they literally don't. like a tick box exercise. It is. And like, for example, I keep comparing it to safeguarding, but that's because we literally have a safeguarding meeting every two weeks. It can even be weekly at times. Mm-hmm. And safeguarding is a hot topic, not only in clinics, but throughout in like, all other wards. Yeah. Like, I think for cultural awareness, there needs to be month you we're gonna need like they're gonna need to do every like every a month or every two months about cultural awareness and give different scenarios and teach different cultures and mm-hmm. what other cultures do I, you know I, I don't now reflecting on the training they just touch up they just they just touch on cultural awareness but yeah. they don't go into depth how are people going to be cultural culturally aware if one they've never been exposed to it before and if there is a concern from the patient and they're not aware of the culture or what they need you know like how i think this also just comes down to um one the community that you serve yeah because if you serve a specific type of type of community it'd be nice at least just have a bit of background knowledge about them demographic for example like that's something that you can find out because for example always collecting data on who's admitted and things like that so you could easily tailor a program at induction or mandatory training even if you're online and familiarize people with just certain things they're more most likely to come across i just feel like all of this stuff like we're talking about it and when like George Floyd died, well, was killed, and, like, we had all the um, protests and things like that. All these conversations were coming up. Mm. But what's been done? It's, what, going to be two years since. Mm. All those conversations were had. Have things changed? No. Are they still... I know some places are still having conversations, but it's not as big as it was when it was a hot topic then. Yeah. Like Clarissa said, I think it's something that really does need to be pushed forward and be ongoing, but has to be has to be ongoing if not we're going to end up in the same position it's just going to be a revolving cycle that we're going to keep talking about it nothing's going to get done until someone's ready to take it take one for the team essentially actually saying that my manager and I we were actually thinking of having a session because every Wednesday we have morning sessions where we it's like a learning CPD session Mm -hmm. we were actually thinking of doing one about race and this and this and discrimination because it's, we haven't had one we need three safeguarding sessions safe safeguarding and supervision sessions level three a year we need to mm-hmm. do three of them a year so why is there not one about cultural awareness and discrimination they just don't see it as such an important topic and like no matter how much we talk about it they will never compare it to like the same level of safeguarding which really and truly it is because in some cases it can really become a safeguarding issue. A hundred percent. True, true. And safeguarding cases can be missed due to it as well, exactly, due to lack like, of cultural awareness. Yeah. Exactly. Or people can be made to feel a type of way. So the concerns that they may, may want to share, they won't share because they feel like they go that there's going to be a prejudice, a prejudice against mm. them. Mm. So there's so much more into this. I can't lie. Like I think. There's so much scope. It's just how we can get the ball rolling, really. And actually, that's yeah, like, who's to go to. But I guess, I guess, I would on. say probably, I mean, 
my lighting manager and I, we were thinking of doing a week, like we were starting a weekly session on it. Mm-hmm. I guess from that, really, I guess it's, you got to start somewhere. you got to scratch yeah. the surface somehow, you know? And but I definitely it, think, in agreement with what you're saying, if one trust does it and it's successful, the rest will follow. It's oh, just yeah. like people just don't want to give time and effort to it if they don't think it's going to go anywhere. Mm. So you never know, Clarissa, you may be pioneers for this. Boy, I hope so. <laughs> 100%. Uh, and I can't lie, I almost feel like if anyone wanted to go down like a corporate nursing route or an entrepreneurial nursing route and, and did create some kind of programme and packaged it well and and sold it to executives that like, I'll come in and lead on this, pay me and I'll do it. Because I feel, Boy, like, it's very, I feel like it's very necessary in a society that we're living in and not just with race, also discrimination. We're having people that are changing genders, we're having people that are gay, we're having people that are non-binary, as well as yeah. people that are, and then you have a whole topic of people of colour, mm. two different subjects, but can also be affected in the workplace mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like if we have people going out there who would have an understanding of how they'd be affected, you might get more of a better response. And I feel like mm. people might be a bit, I don't really think I need it, you know, I'm in London, I'm aware, etc. But I feel like a lot of the people who work, especially in London hospitals, aren't from London. They haven't been born no. and raised in London. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's an ignorance that they actually have, but they yeah. that they don't, but they do. Unconscious bias. And they, I think a lot of people don't want that conversation. They don't, because they don't want to be told that they, you know, that they're somewhat racist. Because yeah. them, they're not. Yeah. But it's not, like you said, it's unconscious bias. And it's the ignorance. Just because you haven't said certain words or done certain things, yeah. Your mannerisms can show it. Yeah. But, like, for example, coming to touch my hair. Why? 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 <laughs> yeah. no, you get what I mean? Like, there's no need. I'm yeah. not going to come and touch your hair or come in to come no, smell and, my and food and, and like, really make comments. Weird. Yeah, because you wouldn't do it to your, your, your other friend. Yeah, for real. Simple. You know, would you go over to her and like touch the newly ombre blade that she's done? You wouldn't. No, and the reason why you wouldn't is because you know how that would feel. Exactly. You know how you know how inappropriate that is, and you know, yeah, you can you literally see it from your point of view and how that could affect someone. Okay, so that's like I don't like we could go on talking about this for ages, but I think there's so much scope for this. And like Diane said, if someone wanted to make it and package it, like I think it's definitely something that will be looked into. Because they want a pro- like we all want a, pro- a, a progressive society, and we've mm. got to start somewhere. And 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 starting from student nurses, it should start from there, not just in the registered set, registered nurses and midwives and whatever. It should be when they're students. It should be part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because I agree. Can, with your qualification, you will go and work anywhere, literally anywhere. And you yeah. don't want that to hinder your career. No. Not at all. But, you know, watch this space. I feel like something will come from it. It's just when. And someone yeah. who's willing to take when. that risk. If they when, think it's important the- enough. Because there really is scope for it. Big time. I think, I think, I think the question is when. Yeah. But I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today, guys. Mm-hmm. 
So with that being said, if you feel like you're someone that wants to take this leap of faith and venture into this, please go for it and contact us so we can have some more information and see how we could help, we can promote, because it's definitely something that needs it. So until next week, guys. Until next week. Take care, stay safe, and share, like, subscribe, share this with whoever whether they're nurses, healthcare, midwives, whoever doesn't have, you don't have to be a health, you don't have to work in healthcare to want to listen to yeah. us. You may just like our, the sounds of our voices and mm-hmm. then hear what we have to say <laughs> and then you know, be willing to share it. So every share is a good share. But as oh, I always say, guys, if you want to contact us, you can contact us on our Instagram pages, on our email and our Twitter. And yeah, our DMs are always open. So until next week, guys, take care, stay safe, and carry on sharing and listening. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.